0: This is one of those weeks that uh, last evening felt the Lord changing things up a bit. So redid the whole message last night. Um, Lord laid something on my heart. Um, I believe that he's having me take a little detour today from our, our series in John. But to share with you something that I believe is absolutely critical uh, for the days that we are living in. The Bible speaks of the watchmen on the wall. Uh, if you're familiar with that uh, uh, time and they would have walls around the city and there were watchmen, especially at night, who would stand on those walls and look for invading armies and they were the ones to sound the alarm. You know how important it was for them to be awake And alert and watchful and listening, right, to uh, make sure that they could sound the warning in time if there was an army coming to lay siege to the city. And so that's what I believe my job is today uh, as a watchman on the wall. And would you join me in prayer? Father, once again, we come before you and ask you to Do as only you can do. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Move in us by your Holy Spirit. Help us to walk away here with what you want to say to us. And not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. For your glory and for your honor. We praise you for it, Lord. In your awesome name we pray. Amen. As you know, we live in a time uh, where the atmosphere is anything but peaceful, right? Uh, Just there are a lot of issues that are dividing people uh, more than I've ever seen in my lifetime simultaneously together. Uh, It's it's just everywhere you look. And in the midst of of all of it, in the midst of all the division and the strife and all of this, a voice speaks. And it's the voice of the Son of God. And he says this to us who believe in him. John thirteen thirty-five. he says, By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Look at that word, this. For a moment. It's singular. Isn't it? It's one thing above all other things that demonstrates to the world that we are followers of Jesus Christ. Above all the Bible verses we can quote. Above our church attendance. Above our giving in the offering. Right? This, according to Jesus... Is the litmus test, to use a phrase, right? This is the thing that will truly separate us, believers in Jesus, from the rest of the world. Because you see, in the the world's perspective, in order for there to be any sense of unity, people have to agree on an issue, right? They have to come into agreement on this. Uh, But as it is, as I see it, and I I think you see it too, the camps just keep getting further and further and further apart. And unfortunately, as I have looked at some videos on YouTube, as I have seen Facebook posts, as I have heard comments of Christians in different churches, uh, people that I interact with, I am seeing these same things. Divisions threatening the body of Christ. And I want to say this today. We cannot and we dare not let this happen because there are evil spiritual forces. You know that we have an enemy, right? There are evil spiritual forces that would like nothing more than to divide the church of Jesus Christ in the days that we live in because as Jesus said a kingdom divided against itself can not stand let's just put them at each other's throats right that'll that'll take care of it that'll that'll pull them down that'll destroy their witness in a recent article in psychology today entitled why has america become so divided dr joe pierre writes this he says for much of the voting public political affiliation isn't so much about the issues as it is about being part of team red and team blue. As NYU philosophy professor Kwame Anthony Appiah recently put it, all politics is identity politics. Hmm. So let's, let's grab a hold of that. If it's all about identity, the question for us is first and foremost who are we? What is our identity? I remember years ago at a Promise Keepers conference in Syracuse, then Mayor Roy Bernardi stood up and he said this, I am not the mayor who happens to be a Christian. He said I am a Christian who happens to be the mayor identity right identity let's talk about identity this morning first peter 29 i i this went in this morning so didn't get a chance to get it up on the screen first peter 29 listen to these words but you you are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation A people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You want to talk about identity, chew on that one for a week. This is who you are. This is who I am. This is who we are as the body of Christ, chosen out. A priesthood of God's that we may in our lives, in our thoughts, in our actions, that we might show forth the excellency of who he is. That's our identity. So in all these things, let's remember whose team we're on first. Who our teammates are first. What goals we are working for first and which captain we follow above all others. Amen? One of the greatest things I ever got from Pastor Lee Simmons, the pastor I trained under, was this. He said, God doesn't take anything away from us that he doesn't give us something better. Right? Isn't that true? For example, God says in Romans 12:17 to 20, he says, repay no one evil for evil, God takes something away from us there, doesn't he? He takes away from us the right of revenge. He says, that belongs to me. Don't touch it. That's mine. Okay? Don't do that. Because when you think about it, what does revenge do? What does revenge do? It adds loss to loss, doesn't it? Right? You did this to me. I'm doing this to you. Right? It adds hurt to hurt, loss to loss. But when we do what God says, his promise is this, Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So what is better? What's the better choice, more loss or having God add to our lives? See, he takes away revenge but he adds so much more, so much greater now there's another application to this wisdom, and that's this: it's not simply not doing one thing, right It's doing something else, doing something different that's it's it's like. Just, you know, just say no. Well, it's not just saying no. It's not just not eating a bunch of junk food, right? It's eating good things that will help us to feel good, to help our bodies to live longer and perform better, to help our minds think clearer. How many can use that, right? So it's not just I have to say no to to cupcakes. No, I have to make a choice to eat healthy, right? That's the better thing. Because if I just sit there, no, no, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Okay. You know, we've all been there. We've all been there, right? So it's not just not doing one thing. It's doing something different, adopting that as a lifestyle. And it's the same way when we look at this topic of loving one another. It's not just a feeling Toward the rest of the body of Christ. Although it is that, right? We we come in here in the morning and, and, and we're gathered together, or we're here on Zoom, and we are part of a family. And here these, these are my gumbas, you know, this is my family, this is my church family. And 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 we love one another, right? We we, we can think about that, but it's not just thinking about it. It's not just the attitude. It's not simp- and it's not simply the absence of. Arguing over this political issue or arguing over this thing or arguing over that thing over there or or the absence of being rude. Right. It's being intentional. About putting forth effort to let each other know that we are loved and we are valued. Right? Not just not doing some things, but doing other things intentionally to show one another that we're family, that we love each other. We, I've been ending the service for how many weeks with, you know, if you need anything, give a holler. If you don't need anything, holler to someone else who might. You know, we we, we published prayers, you know, all the time. Pick up the phone, call somebody, let them know they're loved. Um, I, we didn't really publicize it. But somebody found out that after more than a year's wait, my family laid my dad's ashes to rest next to my mom a couple of weeks ago. And I won't mention any names, but her initials are Melody Metz. And she, she took the initiative to make some phone calls. Right. What is it? It's active. It's intentional. She took the initiative to make some phone calls and then like a dozen or 15 more of you jumped on the bandwagon and and made stuff and bought stuff. And we had all kinds of food for for our out of town family that that had come uh, together. And, and we didn't have to think about anything except honoring my dad. Right? We we didn't have. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna get this together and get together? And somebody's got to be cooking and somebody's got to you know do the dishes and all that. I mean, we just paper plates and and silverware, you know, plastic silverware and all these kinds of. We didn't have to. We could focus. It was so freeing. And and then and I looked. um, Melody actually gave us you know a, a list of names and and stuff. It's like we felt valued. We felt loved. And I know. Because, you know, even in the short time, you know, just a few years that I've been here, it it wasn't just because I was the pastor, right? I've seen this happen. I've seen impromptu uh, funeral meals be put together uh, in, in just a matter of several hours, right i remember that one linda especially that that one that just you know wow and people walked in uh, short notice and people and the, just the table lined up with what you all had had put together and so it's just amazing but those are the kinds of things we hear of the need we we follow up on it right we we reach out and because we've been a little more sequestered and because we've been a little bit more shut in and, you know, the pandemic and all this kind of stuff, we need to, to work harder to find avenues to fellowship, right? To keep in communication with one another. Again, it's going to take initiative. It's going to take effort. It's going to take reaching out. Um, That was so special to us. And and we want to thank you all uh, again from the bottom of our hearts. Um, If we're going to make sure that we do not fall into the trap of the enemy, it's going to take effort. It's going to take that intentionality to show love to one another and do it consistently. Okay. Um, in our words, in our actions, and get this, get this, especially when we don't agree on some of these issues that are hot topics around the nation, okay? We don't all think the same. We have different backgrounds. We have different experiences that we've had in our lives, right? We, you know, this happens not, not only on it, but any issue, um, I, I've seen, you know, people vehemently um, argue over the color of carpet and and just just be really nasty. Not not here, <laughs> not here. But it's it's amazing how things like that, because oh, I, I just I really want red, and you know how those things can make people just just mean and nasty and rude to one another. Um, So it's especially in times when we find ourselves in a disagreement and we're not quite thinking on the same page that we need to, again, remember what team we're on. Remember what our identity is. Remember who our family is. Remember what our first priorities are in God's eyes. And in ours. There's a phrase that is used in politics, even though it seems rather seldom practiced. It's called reaching across the aisle. Right. Reaching across. Reaching. What's that? It's an intentional action, isn't it? You have to move. You have to reach. Right. It's a, there's there's effort, effort to meet in the middle, effort to put some things aside so that which is more important can get accomplished. For us, we know the more important thing, don't we? All through the scripture, love one another. Paul in Romans 14 talks about this. You know, Some eat meat, some eat only vegetables. He's saying, whoa, some people are looking down on the others, other people are looking down. He says, whoa, whoa. The more important thing, the more important thing, love one another. John, the the, the beloved disciple, uh, wrote uh, not only the gospel that we're in, but epistles and revelation. He's he's tying it all up in the end in his letter. And he says, dear children, love one another. Jesus said, "A new commandment I give you, love one another." What is the ultimate the top priority of everything? Love one another, right? Now again, I see a lot of that going on here. I'm not saying that we have this this huge situation, but if you will if you will permit me uh, a, a way to illustrate this: COVID-19 is not the only virus that is spreading across this nation. There is a virus of division and 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 hatred and strife and uh, pride and and whatever, right? All of this—it's spreading like a virus. And again, the church is not immune. I'm seeing it all over the nation. I'm seeing it. And I believe that we need to be alerted as second Corinthians chapter two, verse 11 says, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan for we are not ignorant of his designs. Can't be ignorant of what the devil is trying to do. Not only to divide a nation, not only, you know, who who, who was it that said the the nations have fallen, the the biggest have fallen from within, right? Saw that in, in the great Roman Empire, fell from inside. Nobody could beat them from the outside. They fell from the inside. So, not only nations, not only kingdoms. But churches, right? Some of the saddest things, and we, and and trust me, we are nowhere near having some big major split or anything. But you know, some of the saddest things that have happened. Wonderful churches that have that have reached an issue, a particular issue, and just crumbled from inside. Um, so the church is not immune. Satan wants to bring us down. Can't, can't ever forget this. I found this from a guy named uh, Kendall Peterson. He wrote this um, in an article online. He said, Jack Dempsey, might remember that name, reigned as the world heavyweight champion from 1919 to 1926. And his aggressive fighting style and exceptional punching power made him one of the most popular boxers in history. When asked about his strategy, he would reply that the best defense is a good offense. The best defense is a good offense. That's what we're talking about today. Being offensive. Be offensive. (laughs) Uh, Boy, there's a play on words, right? Put my foot in my mouth there. Let's not be offensive, but let's be offensive, all right? (laughs) Well, We'll talk about that one over lunch, won't we? Going on the offense to love. Going on the offense to serve. Going on the offense to be kind. Going on the offense to build up. Going on the offense to encourage. Going on the offense, you know, in all of these ways to show love to one another in the body of Christ. Kind of like a marriage. You go to marriage seminars, what do they tell you? Not just don't do this, but do these other things. So into your marriage, do acts of kindness toward one another. We all know the buttons we can push, you know, (laughs) those of us who are married or any other relationship. We know where those buttons are, right? We know how to push them. And it's not just not pushing the buttons it's doing those things uh it's it's like someone uh, once said it's like everyone has a love bank right we want to make deposits into that love bank so that when the argument comes we've got all these other good things in there that we can that we can draw from and uh, it doesn't you know uh, escalate into something bad because You're seeing that one issue, that one fault, that one foible in the midst of all these wonderful things that this person has been doing in my life to show me that I'm loved and valued, right? So again, it's a similar thing. Make deposits. Make deposits in each other's love banks. A good offense, the best defense, you know what? Like everything else, we're probably going to make mistakes, right? We're human. We're probably going to make mistakes. We're probably going to offend each other or even wound each other. But it's not the absence of mistakes. It's what we do when we make mistakes that is the most important, isn't it? doing all that we can, recognizing that and doing all that we can to mend any broken relationships. I mean, really, look how far Jesus went to reconcile the most important relationship, us and God. Look what he went through, the cost to reconcile, right? Went to the nth degree, didn't he? You probably can't see this very good. But I have here two magnets and these magnets, as, as you know at times, they have different polarity, right? They just will avoid each other. They won't, they won't stick, right? Um, sometimes this represents us, right? We don't see the same things, we are, we're, we're looking at an issue from, from a different polarity, right? Now, something happens though when I do this, look at this, they came together, they are together. Why? Number one, because I'm holding them in my hand and number two, because I am exerting a greater force on them than the force that repels them, right? It's the same thing for us in the body of Christ. Here's the thing. God holds us in his hand, doesn't he? God holds each of us in his hand. We don't have to do this all on our own. (laughs) Romans 5.5 says that God's love has been poured in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given us. If we are willing, right, that's what we offer, the willingness. If we are willing, he will supply the force that will hold us together. And we may not be able to fix all of the problems in the body of Christ across this nation. But we can do it here, can't we? We can do it here. We can keep the enemy out of this place. We can keep the enemy out of our family. We can determine our atmosphere here, can't we? Right? You with me? And look at jesus words again john thirteen thirty five by this, all people, everybody say all people. All people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. See, as wonderful as this will be, as we practice these things as a family, as wonderful as it will be for us, it also speaks to the world out there. It shows all people that there really is something to this Jesus thing. Right? Something that isn't out there. And you know what? Especially the way things are today in our world, this is something people are hungering for. And as they see it going on in here, as they rub shoulders with us and they see this genuine love being shown, they say, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. I, w- I want to know this, this Jesus that's uh, making this kind of difference in the people that I know. What a golden opportunity we have in our day and in our time with the pandemic, with with all the strife that's going on in the world and so much to complain about. Right. Let's turn this thing around into taking the the opportunity that is before us and let's run with this thing let's run with this thing let's shine right in this world and and create all the more again it's not like it's not being done but let's make sure we understand that there's that there's a wolf circling right there is an enemy out there. There is a wolf circling, and he wants to jump in the middle, and and he's doing it all across the nation, but not here, not here, because we're going to go on the offensive to not be offensive, <laughs> but to be intentional toward one another. Amen? Let's do that. Let's do that. And when, when differences of opinion and different things arise, let that be a signal of our heart. Say, you know what? I may, I may, not, I may not totally agree with you, but I love you. Right? I've, I've seen this happen for me. Right? Uh, I, I remember a situation that came up a number of months ago. And I sat down with someone. And, and that's where we left it. We, we did not see eye to eye on a particular thing, but we walked out of that room. But I love you. You know, that's it. That's the body of Christ. That's who we are. Right. Amen. Family first. We all belong to him. Let's do it. Amen. Amen. Father, oh, once again. Thank you. Thank you so much for our church family. God, most if not all of us have been in a place where we have been going through difficulties and we have known the prayers of our church family. We have been recipients of the love of our church family uh, in in physical ways and emotional ways, God, we, we have felt this. It's, it's, uh, uh and, and I've heard this remark how many times, I don't know how people who don't have a church family deal with this stuff. Lord, we, you have blessed us and we thank you. But God, uh, the alarm is, has been sounded. There, there is an invasion that is happening There is attackers that are out there seeking to divide and conquer. So God, help us to be diligent. Help us to be intentional about these things. Remind us, Lord. Remind us, especially, again, in those times where we might have a difference of opinion. But what's more important? What's the most important thing? And we thank you for that. Be glorified in us and through us, Lord. And God, through what we do, let all people know that we are followers of Jesus Christ. And use this love to draw them to yourself. We thank you and give you all the praise and glory. Through Jesus we pray. Amen and amen.